Albertsons. And brought to you by Miller Lite, the only beer of the Cowboys. It's Miller time. Albertsons and Tom Thumb, the official supermarket and pharmacy of the Dallas Cowboys. Luke Casey, the official bootmaker of the Dallas Cowboys. Blockchain.com. Make your crypto play today. Buffalo Wild Wings. And by Omni. Omni Hotels and Resorts, the official hotel of the Dallas Cowboys. It's Victory Monday. Now your hosts, Christy Scales and Brad Shane. Yeah, it's Victory Monday. Sure is. Look at all this. What a great crowd. Thanks to everybody for coming out to Cade Rosso in in uh, the Star District in Frisco. It's just delightful to have everybody here on Victory Monday. It's a cheap applause line, but yeah. I'm not above cheap <laughs> applause line. Uh, the, uh, the Cowboys Hour is uh, every week on Monday night, and for the rest of this month, we'll be here at Cane Rosso, and we want to welcome everybody uh, who is here especially. Thanks for coming out and spending part of your Monday evening with us. We want to thank everybody who is joining us wherever you are on the uh, Cowboys radio network, including uh, our listeners in uh, Austin on the, uh, on the new home in Austin for the Cowboys 102.7 ESPN and ESPN Central Texas in Waco. And um, those of you joining us live or whenever it is during the week, streaming on DallasCowboys.com. Nice to see you. Thank you. And please, please, well, if you can do that for DallasCowboys.com, what can you do for Leighton Van Der Esch? Yeah. Not, not sure I wasn't expecting a little more after, <laughs> after a shutout and a, and a great performance, but thank you for coming. I appreciate no it very problem. much. Uh, no problem. It's, a, it's a physically difficult day when you get back at 4 in the morning, yeah. and you guys still had some. What, what work do you have to do after a, a night game like that? Um, well, obviously, we've got to clean up whatever mistakes we had on the field. Uh, I know it might not seem like we didn't have very many last night, but uh, – that's part of football and, and part of a team sport. You got you always got something to clean up and something to get better at. So uh, we got to come in, watch film, and, and get our quick workout in, get a little flush run, and, and we're out for the day. So um, a lot of the guys want to get it knocked out and, and get it over with early in the morning on Mondays so, uh, so we can have the rest of that day and Tuesday off to have our take care of our personal stuff off the field. So, um, yeah, it was quick and fast. You know, it's funny that you put it the way you did, clean up the stuff, because I think – I think it was Babe I was talking to, Babe Laufenberg on the plane, I mean on the bus uh, going to the airplane after the game, and I said, I wonder what the coaching points will be from this game for the defensive staff. It was, wasn't perfect, but it was pretty close, wasn't it? Um, yeah, I mean, there's different things that pop up on film here and there, but I'm a perfectionist, so, uh, and I know a lot of the guys are too, and, and, and we want to be as close to per as perfect as we can, so. Uh, that's what we're striving for on defense this year. And, and we put a f good first one together. Uh, but like I said, I mean, there's, there's always stuff to clean up and, and ways to build and get better. So that's exactly what we're going to do. And, and we got another opportunity uh, to go do it again this week. So that's why you love football. <laughs> so, 
So, Leighton, one of the things that happens on Monday afternoon is uh, Coach McCarthy holds a press conference and then the coordinators as well. So we did hear from Dan Quinn today. But McCarthy led it off, and he said something very interesting that really caught my attention. And he's talked numerous times about the football fundamentals for the Dallas Cowboys, and, mm -hmm. of course, one of them is big plays. Yep. And he said that on a, in an average NFL game, there are 35 big play opportunities. That would be for both teams combined. And before I give the numbers for the big plays, the plus or minus for the Cowboys last night, how uh, does the defense define big plays? Um, big plays are explosive, limiting explosive plays or obviously tur huge turnovers for us. Um, so, I mean, we got to limit explosive plays because obviously if we, if we limit that and, and we don't give them any explosive plays, they don't have any big plays. And so I'm sorry, what's an explosive play? 10-yard run, 20-yard Yeah, 10-yard, I think over a 10-yard run and 15 or more pass, okay. I think. Um, and so obviously if you eliminate those on defense, then we have some on offense. We're obviously going to be winning that battle. And obviously if we get, to, if we get a turnover, force fumble, like sack, those are huge. Those are big plays. So um, it's all just the ebb and flow of the game. So, like, one of the – late in the game where there's one of the few completions to a wide receiver by the Giants last night, and it's, it's downfield. But then, of course, Trayvon Diggs forces the fumble, and Israel Mukwamu recovers it. So, instead of a big play for the Giants, a big play for the Cowboys. But what Coach McCarthy said was that by the metrics that the coaches used in grading the film – it was a plus 21 mm. for the Cowboys uh, last night uh, in the 40 to nothing victory. He said that it's the highest that he's ever been a part of uh, on the winning yeah. side. How crazy is that number? Like, what would a normal number be? Um, I mean, if you're like plus five or six, that would be really good, right? Shoot, I mean, yeah. Overall? I mean, obviously, I mean, you want to be, is, I would say, close to double digit in the big plays like positive wise mm -hmm. um, okay so a plus I mean, 10 would be yeah i would say really that's good. i would say that's pretty that's pretty awesome uh for us to be winning that battle uh, obviously if you're if you're in the positive you're winning that battle anyways but i mean you don't just want to win these cowboy fundamentals by tiny margins you want to win those categories by a decent amount let's so obviously it has that much more of an effect on a game if you're if you're way way more in, in those areas rather than you're winning it by one. Overwhelming percentage of you on your side of the ball didn't play in preseason. Yep. So how how surprising is it then to have such an efficient game without having played any meaningful football since last yeah. like January? I think it's just a telltale sign of how we practice and and how hard we practice, how close, how tight-knit our group is. Um, this is our third year together under Dan, under DQ's system. So, uh, I mean, we should know how everybody plays, and, and really it's ultimately how we come out there and practice and prepare every single day. So uh, that's what we've been putting together, and, and we've just been all chomping at the bit to get out there on, to get out there on the field and, and be in an actual game setting because obviously a lot of us didn't get that chance in the preseason. But um, for us – if you prepare and you practice the way you should, it, don't, it really don't matter. Was there one particular play early in the game last night that was a tone setter, in your opinion? 
Really, it was a block. It was a blocked field goal out the gates. Um, I mean, they were getting down the field a little bit on us, um, but really, if you just give us a chance, if you give us a shot, don't matter if it's fourth and one on the goal line, and they're about like, you just give us a blade of grass and and give us a shot to do something special, and, and it's going to happen. And that's kind of something that we've been hanging our hats on. Uh, this whole offseason and in the training camp, I mean, in our competitive periods against the offense, and, and that just makes the whole team better. Um, but that atmosphere that we have on defense and, and bleeding into the offense, it's amazing, and I love being part of this group. You really smile and light up when you talk about that, the chemistry, and, uh, and you talked about it a little bit last year. You were on the program at the very end of the year. and uh, What is it about, about the chemistry and – how you guys work together and what you've accomplished on the field that uh, kind of lights your inner fire like that? Yeah, um, I think really just the the respect and the love that everybody has in this in this group for each other. Um, for us to have the calibers of players that we have on our defense and to be able to keep our group together for as long as we had uh, is special, and you don't see that happen very often. Uh, so. The fact that we've kept everybody together, uh, I think it just – everybody knows. I mean, they probably – I mean, DQ could have went and got a head coaching job anywhere he wanted, really. And there's so many players on this defense that could have went and signed contracts on different teams. But we wanted to keep this crew together because we know we can accomplish something special. And so that's what I think separates our group from everybody else around the NFL is how close and tight-knit we are. Um, and obviously, we just got a bunch of dogs on defense that <laughs> love playing ball. So. But with, 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 there you go. With, with Dan Quinn, there was something interesting that happened near the very end of the game last night that in 25 years on the sideline, as a Cowboys sideline reporter, I had never seen. And that is, of course, Dan Quinn, the, as the defensive coordinator, is calling the signals into your uh, radio helmet because mm. you're the green dot relaying the calls but he does it from up in the booth yep. and of course the coaches stay up there through the end of the game right but last night was such a blowout yeah, well the end of the game was about the third quarter well yeah night. middle of the third quarter so Dan waited a little longer no at about the two minute warning or they're on the sideline and and uh, the players you know uh, down the right sideline are the tunnels and all that's left in the fourth quarter out of 82,000 people are about 8,000 Cowboys fans. Yeah. And they're all in the, around the tunnel and behind the Cowboys bench. And there's this loud cheer and Dan and DQ. And running out the tunnel is Dan Quinn, who's already left the booth and has come down the elevator and is running out to the sideline. And the ovation that he got from uh, the Cowboys fans there, now maybe it's because he wears his hat backwards and everybody uh, recognized him very quickly, but I had never seen that in a game where the coaches leave uh, the booth early. But it's obvious that the, uh, the affection that the Cowboys fans have for DQ, but I'd love for you to talk about uh, what the players think of him. Yeah. Uh Obviously, we, I mean, we have so much love and respect for DQ, his energy that he brings. I've said this from the moment he stepped in the building. The energy he brings, um, his personality. Um, the second he walks into a room, it don't matter. I mean, you can tell. There's some, there's some days like last year where I could tell he was just dog tired because he'd been working in the office all night just studying, making a game plan. But – it doesn't matter how tired the guy is. Like, he brings – his energy is always 110%. And he can walk in that room and capture you in an instant. And it don't matter how tired you are, it'll wake you up. 
yeah. in a split second. So, uh, I mean, everybody has respect for him, and it's special to have a coach like like him because they don't come around very often. Uh, but it's it's it, it's a two way street because for him to stay here and want to coach us again this year and this season, he knows what we can accomplish, and and we know it ourselves. So it's just it's a constant two way street of just feeding off of our energy, feeding off the coach's energy, and good things happen when, when you got a group like that together. So a lot of your teammates have very well-stated, lofty hopes and maybe as far as expectations for what you can accomplish as a, as a group as well as as a team. Um, how, how do you read those expectations? How do you read them? How do you manage them early in the year? Um, I mean, are you thinking... Everybody's thinking winning a championship. Are you thinking about, yeah, we're going to be, we're going to show we're in the conversation with the great defenses of all time. And if that's the answer, how do you do that? I mean, our obviously our ultimate goal is to go get that Super Bowl trophy. Uh, that's in the forefront of our minds always. But we have to climb 19, 19 potentially. I mean, if you have a first round buy, is that what 18, 19 games? Yeah, to get to the Super Bowl. Yeah, you have to climb that many peaks throughout the whole season to get to the top. Actually, it'd be one more. It'd be twenty, right? Twenty. Twenty is the Super Bowl. You'd get a bye to the division. Yeah. Then you win that, and you win the championship. Then you win the Super Bowl. Exactly. So every game you got to climb that peak, and it's just that peak that's in front of us in that moment. And so that's our goal and our accomplishment for that week is to go out there and practice and put together the best practice we can that day and then it goes in the next day and then it goes in that obviously eventually the game day and so you take care of that one then it's on to the next one but right now our sole focus is we clean the we clean that film up from yesterday from last night's game and now our sole focus we're moving on to the jets so this is the peak that we got to climb and they're in front of us so we got to go take care of them and it's going to be the next one the next week. Uh, so. Okay, you bring up several interesting things which we are going to address after we take a break. Uh, we are on the Cowboys Hour at Cane Rosso in the Star District uh, with Leighton Vander Esch, the Cowboys' outstanding, still young linebacker. You look still young to me. We'll be right back.
Can I have one? The Miller Lite Cowboys Hour. To the Miller Lite Cowboys Hour, supported by Albertsons. And when it comes time to shop for tailgate favorites, go to Albertsons and Tom Thumb. Get 10% off your groceries every Dallas Cowboys game day when you wear your Cowboys jersey. Albertsons and Tom Thumb, the official supermarket and pharmacy of the Dallas Cowboys. And when you go to Albertsons and Tom Thumb this Sunday, make sure you're wearing your number 55 Leighton Vanderesh Cowboys jersey. He is our special guest tonight on the Miller Life Cowboys Hour. I'm Cowboys sideline reporter Christy Scales, joined by uh, Brad Sham. Longtime voice of the Dallas Cowboys, 45 years now for Brad. This is 45. And yeah, 45 years. So, uh, Leighton, uh, awesome. one thing that you uh, were talking about uh, just a few minutes ago was uh, the one of the uh, catalytic plays last night. The one that was the tone setter was the field goal that was blocked. Wanye Thomas blocked it, and Noah Igbenon. And I know I'm going to blow it. I knew it. I'm too sleepy. Yeah. <laughs> Noah, number 19, acquired in the trade from uh, I sure the, as hell the Miami. sure couldn't say it last night. Yeah, I know the, that. the Miami Dolphins uh, returned it for. Igbenogany. Igbenogany. That one. So uh, here's the thing. Wanye Thomas, guys like um, Marquis Bell, who got a lot of playing time, and it was their regu um, a regu the regular season debut for Wanye Thomas. It seems like those guys – not only were they very productive, but there's a certain kind of brashness in their style of play. Would you agree with that? And, and how do you think they, they fit in uh, with the kind of tone-setting, catalytic kind of defense yeah. that you want to be? Uh, I mean, it was kind of obvious throughout this whole preseason that Ye was out there flying around making plays. It was just unbelievable to see the type of player that he had become and, and just really just growing into his shoes and into his role. Um, and just starring in the moments and, and the opportunity that he had in front of him and, and being able to go out there and, and make the most of it. Um, that's awesome having guys like that on the team because uh, you know it matters to them and they have all the care in the world to go out there and, and play their butt off for, for all the guys on the defense, the coaches, everybody. Um, and Bell, obviously, in his situation, I mean, we just we pretty much just moved him to linebacker from a safety. The safety room's full of just crazy athletes. And so – it shows you the versatility that we have in that room. And just that speaks for our whole defense because we have guys that can play everywhere. So uh, Bell coming in and in a short amount of time that he's truly been a linebacker now, I, I guess you could say. Um, how quick he's caught on is just speaks to that athlete that he is and, and, and how intelligent he is to be able to come and do that because it's not easy. You know, as you talk about that, I'm thinking this is this is – part of the genius of Dan Quinn, it yep. seems to me, in addition to the motivational, I mean, if you think back uh, to just last year, DeMarcus Lawrence breaks his foot or whatever he did in practice on Wednesday of week two, mm -hmm. and that's when Micah Parsons became Micah Parsons, who's already an outstanding player, but he became the pass rusher out of necessity, and Dan looks at guys like like Bell and uh, Overshone, and he sees linebackers yep. where there are safeties. That's that is a that's a really unusual trait, it seems to me. Yeah, um, guys that have long frames and are super rangy can play all over the field. Doesn't matter if if it's a corner playing safety or a safety playing linebacker or a linebacker playing defensive end. Um, 
anywhere. I mean, you just look for those type of athletes, um, and you can develop them. And that's exactly what this coaching staff has done. Um, as they look for those type of guys. Uh, there are a couple of things that we touched on in the first segment I want to go back and revisit. And one of those is very big picture because some of your teammates talk very openly about being viewed as a, a generational defense. When they, people talk about the Ravens of 2000 or uh, most of your teammates are too young to remember the 85 Bears, <laughs> but there's the Legion of Boom and that kind of yep. thing. So. How realistic do you think that is, and what, what does that kind of talk mean to you, and does it motivate you at all? Um, really, I mean, obviously our group is special, and we should do special things, but that only means so much because uh, we have to just come out and prove it every single week. Um, so really, I mean, we, we, the sky's the limit for us, I will say that. Um, but we have to come out and put in the work every single day. It doesn't matter what we did last week. It doesn't matter what we did last night. We have to come do this against the Jets this week. And obviously, I mean, they're, they got a phenomenal roster, uh, probably one of the best in the league. And so it's going to be a good test for us. But uh, we have to come and put stuff on showcase week after week. Um, otherwise, all the talk doesn't matter. So really... That's the way I look at it. So there is a – that's a really easy thing to say, and human nature is one that when you have a performance like your group did last night, yep. guys are going to come, well, look at what we did. Look, this is who we are. We're pretty good. Mm-hmm. What I hear you saying is uh, many of you have absorbed the notion that as soon as you start thinking that way, yep. you no longer are it. That's but you- that requires a, a kind of a – a group maturity, doesn't it, that yeah. everybody doesn't have? And that's, that's, the, that's really just tells you that. I mean, that's our third year together. Um, and really, I want to say everybody has that same mindset on our defense, coaches included. Um, but, I mean, as soon as you think that you're the best is when you're going to get your butt kicked the next week. And anybody can win any week in the NFL, and that's what makes the NFL such a crazy beast uh, is it doesn't matter who you're playing. Um, anybody can win any week. So, uh, we have to be disciplined, and everybody has to do their job. And it starts in practice on Wednesday. Uh, it starts in film review or film watching tonight uh, when we get home. So, um, got to get ahead. Got to get ahead of the game and, and and watch as much film as you can. And in this game plan that they have coming for us on Wednesday for practice, so we can go out there on Wednesday and have an effective practice, and that leads into Thursday. So, um, yeah, it's step-by-step process and that's how i break it down okay there are there because this is victory monday victory everybody wake up it's victory monday and we're talking to leighton vander so there are a couple of aspects of last night's game i I would like to hear you address before we get on to other topics one is um the game didn't start the way you wanted it to and certainly the way three quarters of it went or even more but they had a lot of success moving the ball on that first possession. So you guys know people are going to try to run the ball, blah, blah, blah. What are you thinking individually and collectively as that first drive is unfolding? Um, really just settling in because um, we knew – I mean, it's the NFL. I mean, the other team is going to get – I mean, they're going to have – they're all professional football players too. So, like, they're going to have their plays, like, they're going to get some throughout the game. Um, and really, that was our first full drive of game reps with our group this season. So uh, I think it was just settling in. And 
these first few games of the season, it's all going to be unscattered looks too. And pretty much like they did the whole game, it seemed like they were doing unscattered looks the whole game, like from what we had, were preparing for. And so it just comes down to doing your job and your role in that play every single play. So, uh, I, mean, they, they, I mean, they were moving the ball a little bit, but like I said, you just give us a blade of grass and you give us an opportunity and we're going to make something happen. So, so that, And that, that leads me to the one other psychological thing about the game, and Babe and I both talked about it, is the third quarter started because it was almost tangible that it didn't matter what the score became. You guys were, wanted to stay on the field and get the shutout. It became important yes. to you. And at the same time, you can see they're beaten. Their body language just changed. You mm -hmm. took all the fight out of them. So how do you maintain that intensity when the other team is almost, they're almost not participating yeah. with you? Uh, I mean, to hold a team to zero points in, in NFL is, is pretty special. And obviously, I mean, they added weapons this offseason in their free agency. Um, and they got, a, they got a, I mean, they got good weapons. They got good pieces to make their team better. Um, and don't get me wrong, I think they're going to be a great team this year. I think they're going to be right back in the playoffs like they were last year. Um, but you brought up the intensity part, which I was going to mention when, when you guys brought up DQ coming down from the box uh, towards the end of the game. And a lot of people would think, okay, like we put some of the young guys in and, and it's their shot and just kind of whatever happens, happens. But DQ came down on the field and he was – just as intense as he was <laughs> up in the box. It was like, it didn't matter. He was like, they are getting no points. Uh -huh. And so he just brought his intensity from the box down on the field. And then it was just like, everybody was like, okay. Like, they really ain't scoring any points. <laughs> um, and so that was kind of fun to see. I mean, having him there on the sidelines with us, uh, with all the older guys, and just feeding off of his energy. And obviously it was bleeding down into, into the young guys that were getting their, their opportunities on the field because, I mean, you don't want any slough off from the first group to the second group. Um, they can all play ball. We can all play ball. And, and it don't matter if someone goes down, the next man's up. Um, and that's what you want to see. So that intensity carrying over uh, from the coaches to players, doesn't matter what the score is. If we're up 50 nothing, 40 nothing, uh, first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter. Because you're the one that hears Dan in your ear in the ra radio yep. helmet, the green dot. Um, can you ever tell if you're up by 40 or if it's an even game and it's going to be the final play, play of the game? Can you – or is he steady, Eddie, in terms of how you hear the calls? Yeah, he's steady. Um, he's steady. Obviously, if we have, like – if we have opportunities to, to, to get the momentum or if we have the momentum – um, I mean, he's right there in your ear, too, uh, with that. And I think he does a great job of, of, of feeding off our energy as well on the, on the defense. So that's just what makes him such a special coach is because I feel like he's just spot on with every moment and what you think it should be. Um, just the image, the image that you can paint in your, in your mind of, of an elite coach um, – that's just always dialed in, and his intensity is unmatched. His energy is unmatched. Um, that is DQ. There you go. Leighton Vanderesh is our guest on the Cowboys Hour this evening. We are at uh, Cane Rosso in the Star District in Frisco. 
If you're here, you'll have an opportunity to ask Leighton a question live a little bit later in the show, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Connie Rosso in the Star District. I'm Brad Sham with Christy Scales and our special guest, Leighton Vanderesh on Victory Monday. Victory Monday. The Miller Lite Cowboys Hour is supported by Lucchese, the official bootmaker of the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders. And we also want to remind Cowboys fans coming to this Sunday's Jets Cowboys home opener that this is the Cowboys Hispanic Heritage Game. So 
pregame in the Miller Lighthouse, not only will you see uh, the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders in their Lucchese boots, but uh, the Squeezebox Bandits will be performing. They'll uh, also the Cowboys Rhythm and Blues dancers, uh, 107.5 LaGrande will be out there with some activations. And then throughout the day, there'll be mari mariachis and ballet folklorico dancers. And uh, it's just a great way. It's something that the NFL and the Cowboys do uh, every September. And so again, this weekend is the Hispanic Heritage Game. And it's the Jets coming to town. And you mentioned about preparing for uh, the Jets a little earlier, Leighton. And uh, going against one of the best all time, Aaron Rodgers, and it'll be his first road game as a Jet. And I think Cowboys fans are very excited to see this defense go against one of the all time greats. Do you yeah. personally get excited about that, or are you trying to keep the even keel and, and it's just the next opponent? Um, no, I mean, I'm, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't excited. And I know everybody else is too. Um, but obviously, we can't let our emotions um our nerves affect uh our even keel of play during the game um it's exciting to play against caliber players like aaron Rodgers, dalvin cook and and what they've added to their team this offseason and so it's going to be a great test for us but that's why that's why i'm excited and that's why i think a lot of guys are, are excited because it's a good test to see where we're at week after week and so um like going in going into last night's game opening the season with a running back the caliber of saquon it tests okay like i look at that as a great opportunity to see where my tackling's at to start the season obviously because i mean we didn't have any live game reps to, to tackle someone to bring him to the to bring him to the ground and so being able to open the season like that i, I try and pick something out of every game like that, and, and for me, it was it was tackling for us right out the gate against a running back like Saquon because obviously he's super shifty, uh, he's a versatile player, super dynamic. They can use him in the pass game, run game, wherever, and so being able to test yourself in, in those ways, uh, I think it's fun. And obviously, we got a huge one this this coming week with Aaron Rodgers and, and Dalvin Cook and, and some of their receivers. So. Uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm glad you mentioned the tackling because that's one of the things that Coach Quinn specifically pointed out in the press conference today, just two missed tackles, which is a low number in the season opener, you know, as yeah. you say, when you, when you haven't been able to tackle. But I got another Aaron Rodgers question for you, and that is because obviously you've faced him when, uh, numerous times when he was with the Packers. But as you're watching film of a guy like this and studying him, what is it? that you most appreciate about his game? Um, I think just his age and how mobile he still is because he can create stuff. He can create stuff on his feet still like he's one of the youngest quarterbacks in the league, it seems like. Um, and so it really you really got to be in your A game and your plaster and, and making sure. Sorry, I'll bring up a word that we use. Plaster is 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 staying on your man post-snap if the quarterback scrambles. Uh, and so that's just a term we use, uh, that you plaster on your man and you stick to your man. And it's tough because uh, when a quarterback can, can make a play, can extend a play after, after he's gotten out of the pocket and, and scramble around uh, for however long, um, it's, it's hard staying with your receiver or your man when they literally can just run wherever on the field. 
And so uh, that's what I think makes playing against him difficult. Um, you mentioned the tackling. This fascinates me. It wasn't very many years ago. This preseason keeps evolving the mm-hmm. way it's treated. And I remember, uh, I, know, I know that Sean Lee's an important guy to you. He helped break you in. And yep. I, I remember uh, it couldn't have been just a few years ago that I talked to Sean and Zach Martin and a few other guys and, and the, about as people were being used less and less starters in preseason games. What do you guys want? Would you, do you want to play in the preseason? Do you need it? And I remember Sean, I think Zach to, too, but I remember Sean Lee telling me for sure, you know, I'd like to have, now I think you were still playing four preseason yeah. games. I think he said, you know, I, I'd actually like to have, um, now this is Sean who gets up wanting to tackle somebody, but he, he uh, I think he said, I'd like to have about uh, 12 to 15 snaps in one game and maybe 20 to 25 in another one. And then, then I think I'm kind of ready. So now none of you guys is seeing the field ever again because it's just too dangerous. Yeah. Where do you fall on how do you practice tackling and what does preseason do for you and what would you like to see it be? Uh, how you practice it really is ultimately, I, I said it earlier, uh, I think just putting on display what we did last night is is – how we practice and so whether or not that's we have we have run we have run uh periods during practice where we have an opportunity to obviously fit our run plays but not just tagging off on them like put yourself in position in practice every single play if you have an opportunity to make a tackle put yourself in the best position possible realistically if you're going to take that guy to the ground put yourself in that position every single every single time and you know whether or not in practice, you know whether or not you're going to make that tackle or not. And so, or at least I do. <laughs> and so, if I had a play where I'm like, I probably ain't making that tackle. The next one, I'm, if, I, if I get in that same position, I'm going to try to get an extra step or get closer, put my chest on them, wrap them up. I'll, don't take them to the ground, but, but just put my hands on them and, and feel what that feels like to wrap them up as much as you can. Because that's just, that's the, I think, the problem where these teams or these guys get in, in bad habits of just tagging off on them uh, is because they forget what wrapping up feels like and how much strength that takes play after play. So uh, being able to do that uh, in practice is important. And so if you can do that, um, I think it'll take care of itself. Uh, but obviously getting some game reps is probably helps. Yeah, I, I think uh, most NFL fans would be surprised to know that there are rules about how many padded uh, practices yeah. you, that you can have during an NFL season, which is 18 weeks, because now it's 17 regular season games, and then of course the bye week, and unless they change the rules with the collective bargaining, or uh, it's uh, I think it's still 14, right? Yep. 14 padded practices in an entire regular season for these guys to work on those uh, types of things. But I want to go. Brad mentioned Sean Lee and that he was an important person to you. And I want to know what it's like to now be the Sean Lee for these young guys. Because six years in, you're basically the granddad yeah. of the linebackers and, <laughs> and among the granddads of the entire defense. Yeah. Uh, it hit me hard this year. And I said this, <laughs> last, <laughs> I said this last year when we, when we did this across the street, how I thought our group was young in the linebacker room. And this year, we are 
way younger, even younger. Um, we got Damone in his second year, Bell in his second year, and Devin in his second year. And then I'm and and pops here guy, and pops Leighton Vanderesh. So, <laughs> like we're we're a young group, but uh, I think that's just what makes our group special. Is is I don't feel old. Uh, I guess as far as experience, uh, being able to help those guys and and coach them up um, is super awesome. It's a cool perspective to, to take take a step back and kind of reminisce and reflect on uh, where you've been in your career and, and how fast the years have gone, uh, who you've played with, who you've played against. Uh, and you just learn. It's just constant learning experiences, constant things that you can just take and, and put in your toolbox. And obviously when I was playing from Sean, I learned, or playing with Sean, uh, I learned so much from him and, and just so many little cheats and, and tools that I could just take and put in my toolbox. And that's something I tell the young guys, like, don't try and put it all in your toolbox at one time because it's never going to work. You got to take one thing, you got to practice that, or you got to hone in on that and focus on that during practice or pick one thing before you go out to practice and say, I want to get better at this. Add that to your toolbox. And then, or if it's a bigger thing, practice that that, with that week. And you got to add those little things to your toolbox. And eventually over time, you're going to have things that you can lean on and and that's kind of your identity in your game and, and what you're good at um, and just your development in football. And, and so I'm, I'm still learning things. I'm obviously still trying to be the best player I possibly can. So um, that's just something I love teaching the young guys and, and helping them with. Um, and it's, it's, it's fun. Well, it's, good. it's a great can, time. Can you give us a specific, a specific example? Let's say it's, it's in a game yep. and you're saying something where you're the one doing the talking now, where in the first few years you probably were doing the listening. What would be an example? Yeah. Um, really, for young guys, how these teams attack young guys is they try and get their eyes going a hundred different places, whether it's a jet sweep or a motion. They flip the, they flip the, the offensive formation, whatever it may be. Um, in the end, they're going to build – whatever look or whatever play they want to do, they're just going to make it look different, whether it's week to week, uh, different teams. Um, a lot of them run the same stuff. They just make it look different. So they try and get your eyes going 100 different places, making you second guess and, and not get your key. But ultimately, it comes down to that pre-snap communication and knowing what you can get post-snap, but making sure your eyes are in the right place when they snap the ball. Seeing a little bit is seeing a lot. And so these young guys, sometimes they get – their eyes swirling and it's just locking in and, and folks in the alerting them okay we could get a swap from both ways here pre pre-snap is pre-snap communication is so important and getting them to just lock in and not just be locked in on one thing pre-snap when they snap the ball uh i think is is super important and so just helping them to expand their vision and and be able to talk to everybody on the field not just me as a linebacker, communicating back and forth, communicating with the safeties, communicating with the nickels, the corners. Obviously, we've got to get the front lined up and, and make sure they're in the right look and the right adjustments. There's so many things that go on in that five seconds, five to ten seconds before the offense snaps the ball. Um, not a lot of people can handle it. And so having the guys that can handle that on our team and as young as they are 
just getting them up to speed. That's part of what being a vet is, is about and getting those young guys uh, to bridge the gap. Well, you're you like uh, year seven? It's six. 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 Uh, so four years ago, if I had asked you if you would find yourself in this position as the teacher and the leader and all that, what would you have said? Uh, this fast? I don't know if. I mean, I take pride in being intelligent and being able to communicate at an elite level in every aspect of my game. Um, and so picking up on that and, and obviously learning from Sean, I had to, and kind of being thrown in the fire my rookie year, I had to learn fast. Uh, otherwise, things weren't going to go well. And obviously, I dealt with some injuries along the way, but um, those were all growing moments and being able to do, uh, just take a step back and, and see where my game was. Um, and so now looking at it and being thrust into this position maybe a little bit earlier than I would have expected Sean coming in, what he played 11 years, it's, it is crazy. Um, but I thrive in those moments, I feel like, and I've embraced being in this position um, and being able to just be a mentor to some of the guys and help them get up to speed because and, and, we need everybody. If we're going to make this Super Bowl run, Everybody on our team's got to play. And so that's what, that's what it's about. You were probably put in this spot for a reason. Yeah. Most of that stuff I'm happens <laughs> that way. Yeah. Most of that stuff happens that way. Leighton Vanderesh is our guest on the Cowboys Hour tonight. We're at Cane Rosso in the Star District. Your questions for Leighton when we come back.
to the Miller Lite Cowboys Hour, supported by Albertsons. Welcome back to Victory Monday on the Cowboys Hour. Brad Sham, Christy Scales, and our very special guest, Cowboys linebacker, Leighton Vanderesh. And the Miller Lite Cowboys Hour is supported by Papa John's. It's big, it's good, and it's only for Cowboys fans. The Cowboys special from the Cowboys and Papa John's Pizza. A large one-topping pizza for only $9.99, so order today. Better ingredients, better pizza, Papa John's, the official pizza of the Dallas Cowboys. We do have a microphone to pass among those of you who are here at Cane Rosso. We'll get to you in just a moment. Uh, but I, I do have one other thing I'd like to hear Leighton um, comment on. I just, and I've said this to you before, uh, it's it's a, such a treat to have watched the evolution of your career. Uh, and as you just outlined everything you've been through, the injuries, everything else. And so when I think of Leighton Van Der Esch now, I think of, um, I think of intensity. That's the first word that I think of when uh, I apply it to your play. Uh, passion. And... Uh, and I think of discipline. And I was thinking of discipline today because my, my longtime statistician, Bob Thomas, been with me over 35 years. He said, I heard you say Leighton was going to be on the uh, program, and I thought you might be interested in this. In uh, six years, do you know how many penalties you've had called on you? Uh, two? That's actually four. And but one of those was on uh, on a punt return. So oh, yeah. this man, really he's he's the middle linebacker, folks. Yeah. He has been called for three penalties in his career <laughs> playing defense. He's the Zach Martin of the Cowboys. Well, that's defense. exactly what I was thinking. That's exactly what I was thinking. But here's the point: to play the way you play, with the intensity with which you play, and the physicality with which you play, and still maintain that kind of discipline, how does that happen? Um, I think just preparation, ultimately. Uh, film study and just getting your body ready to play every single week and being intense in your focus. Um, if you prepare the right way, I think that's going to put you in the best position possible to go out there and be extremely effective and be in the right position at the right time every play. Um, obviously, like there's going to be some plays that there's some gray in uh, where you might have a bad read or here and there, or you might get a little bit behind your man. Um, but that limp, y your preparation will limit your uh, mistakes. And so I think a penalty is a mistake in a way. Um, you can make an argument whether it's a combative penalty or uh, a disciplined penalty, um, but really just being disciplined and knowing the rules of the game, what you can and can't do, um, and just being in the right position and where you should be um, on that play. It's a credit. It's a credit to you. Okay, Joe Trahan's got the mic. Let's get some questions for Light. Hey, Leighton, you know, my name is Corey. My question is, uh, Dan talked about, you know, using you as a pass rusher some a, a little bit this season. So can you talk about, you know, just that um, – transition a little bit like how do you feel like it can help elevate your game to the next level and make the defense even more diverse but before you answer that question i want everybody to know Corey is here every week Corey's a big fan Corey is decked out in a uh, very handsome uh royal blue cowboys t-shirt and a, a cowboys cap and a pair of 
Trayvon Diggs basketball shorts. Why are they not Leighton Vanderush basketball shorts? <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Just kidding. Everybody's got their player. Just kidding, Corey. Yeah. <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, I wish I could give you the full answer to that. Uh, but I will say it has been extremely fun being able to develop underneath Dan's system um, and really just the type of player he wants you to become. Uh, I take pride in being dynamic and being able to play wherever, do whatever they ask of me, do whatever he asks of me, and be effective at it. Um, so I don't want to get too far into, specific, into specifics. It's early in the season. Um, and so... A big thing to keep. I'm a, I'm a big guy. <laughs> keep, okay, that's keeping good. things in house. That's um, good. How did he bring that to you? Did he did he come to you in the off season and say, you know what? Let me tell you what I'm thinking about. Uh, no comment. Wow. Or, or did you go okay. to him? <laughs> okay. Um, well, which would be all really, right. Really, it's just under development. It's just just why just broadening your your game hey, it, and just being the most dynamic player you can under his system. Micah is in there lobbying for offensive plays yeah. on a nearly daily basis. Why it, would it not be okay for you to say, you know, I can rush the passer too a little bit if you need. Well, I can say that. Um, but like I said, it's, it's been fun being able to develop uh, kind of a new, a new area of my game that not a lot of people have or not a lot of coaches have, have spent time on. Okay. Another question. Good evening, Leighton. My name is Rambo. So you were saying that you guys are a special group of guys doing special things. What special things are you guys doing so Aaron Rodgers and the Jets don't figure you guys out next week? Um, really, it's just our disguise and mannerisms, I think. I don't want to gosh, they're no, asking you can't, hard you, questions. You, you can't. Uh, well, this is a very astute audience, I'll have you know. Uh... I mean, right now, we're probably, I mean, they're, they're giving us the game plan tonight, and we can start watching film. And so I think that's what's going to separate our group is because a lot of teams have already, they're, they're taking Monday night, and they're probably going to take Tuesday off. We don't do that. We're already preparing mentally. We're probably, a lot of guys are probably going to be on their iPad tonight watching film on the Jets. Here's the That's brains of something special. The brains of the defense right here, Leighton Vanderich, everybody. Thanks for coming. Yep. Appreciate you being here. Uh, we'll be back next Monday at Cane Rosso. For Christy Scales, I'm Brad Sham, and that's this week's Cowboys Hour. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!